It's all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Monco Radio, but you knew that. Action! See, you guys don't know the lines. Wake up! Wake up! I remember! I remember! Look, it's rock and roll! <laughs> you wanted the best and you got it! Oh, Kiss Army, you wanted the best and you got it. I am Matt Porter and this is the March issue of The Kiss Room. It's mind-blowing, but it has been a year since all the COVID craziness took grip of the world. Hard to imagine a full year. To discuss this and how it has impacted The Kiss Room, I will be joined by the fantastic members of The Kiss Room house band. You're tuned in, so turn it up. You're in The Kiss Room, Omako Radio, where music and minds meet. You got the juice!
Kiss Army, we are back, and I am joined by the amazing members of the Kiss Room House Band, Fran Galanti, Jerry Lee Watkins, and Steve Campagna. Guys, it has been too long since I have mm-hmm. seen your smiling faces. Oh, stop. <laughs> now, look, it, it really, it is crazy when you think about it, the fact that as we record this and we celebrate this issue with a kiss room, it's been a year, like literally a year. And I, as I, as I sat and thought about that, it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that we're broadcasting this on March 12th and March 12th was the last day before the quote unquote shutdown lockdown and no kiss room on Friday the 13th, because now the world was in the grips of the COVID. And my first thought to all of you, first of all, I missed you like crazy. But second of <laughs> all, you're all working musicians. How right. did that, and this is as wide open as a question, how did that affect your lives? Not well, to say the least. Let's put it that way. In fact, it's funny you said that that uh, date, March 12th. I think that was my last show that night somewhere uh, before the whole thing happened and got all the phone calls the next week. That everything was canceled until further notice. Um, I mean, I immediately lost all of my students for now because I was going house to house and teaching people uh, live and in person. I lost all of my shows and my piano tuning. I mean, people didn't want me coming tuning pianos. And so, I mean, immediately that week, it was like I went from professional musician to uh, figuring out how to pay the bills. Immediately. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Um, I also... uh, So a lot of people had out-of-tune pianos this year. (laughs) Yes, they do right now. They're waiting. So I went out and got my my first COVID shot today, right? So next week, so a couple of weeks, I'll have my COVID shot, my second one, and then I can advertise. I have all my shots. (laughs) I'm housebroken. I can come tune your piano and teach your kids again. So we'll take it from there. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So, Jerry, same question to you. You're somebody that works a lot as a musician, actually out playing gigs. What happened when all those gigs, like Steve just said, were shut down? I thought it was going to be much worse. Um, I I did about 270 gigs a year. Really, it's been an an excellent time for me in a sense that – I've played so many gigs in my life and the 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 hundreds of times I said, man, if I could just take a month off. But when you're a musician and you're doing it, you only want to do it. It's it's like a drug in a sense, the gig, you know what I mean? And and you do as many as you can because that could be your last gig. And we just saw that, right? Like that was my last gig. I did a private party that March night, the same night everything was cut off. And, you know, who knew? And, and I still have like great places the, uh, that have kept me in business for over a decade that are just not ready to go back to music. They were really supporters of live music. You know, they're just, they're just not ready to take that plunge yet. But um, again, I've been fortunate. I've been back 
to work, you know, four, four days a week, three days a week, some places. And, uh, that's good for me at my age. And also, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying the time off. I got a lot done in my house and, and I, all the things that I said I wanted to do, I would barely have the time to produce these kiss room tracks if I were doing my normal schedule. So, I mean, a lot of good has come out of this and, you know, I, I, I put some, some energy and some effort into some things that I wanted to learn and discover. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing very well, but, and I thank you for your, uh, you know, your concern. We talked about that you were going to learn the saxophone. How's that going? Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> that's on my list of things to do. I mean, I just got to finish sanding my basement <laughs> steps first. <laughs> I, I got into hydroponic gardening uh, last year. It's an incredible, incredible, probably one of the greatest uh, activities, you know, hobbies I've ever done in my life. I, if I had a mobile camera, I could take you over to my tent and show you <laughs> These incredible it's vegetable radio, garden. It's the mind, Jerry. You could take <laughs> us there in our minds. I have a, a wonderful grow tent with kale and peppers and and cucumbers <laughs> and I mean, I got stuff growing and unbelievable. <laughs> Nothing eagle eagle. Nothing. <laughs> that takes a whole other type of tent. That takes a lot brighter lights. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. And Fran, we're down to you. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Well. For anyone who doesn't know my day job, it's, you know, I work in a crematory. Insert burning sounds here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Needless to say, uh, I was very busy when this all started. And, you know, I was not losing any money. In fact, we were getting a a, a bonus. And we we were so busy that uh, we had to have two shifts. So with... with, uh, my wife being home, being a teacher, and just uh, doing it. Actually, I guess in the beginning, they were just still getting paid and, and weren't teaching. Now, she's doing like double work. So, you know, it. Um, teachers are having a hard time and you got to, you know, give them a lot my of wife, credit. Yeah, my wife's a teacher too. She's a special yeah. ed teacher like Fran's wife. And it's it's very challenging, right. you know, online especially, right? Yeah. Your, your experience yeah. of that, I bet, yeah. So, but yeah, so I was like going in to work at like four and maybe till 10. So I was working less hours, still getting paid for eight. I'd come home, have plenty of time to stay up late and party, and then wake up with enough time to record some songs for the Kiss Room House Band. Yeah! And and then go to work. So it was actually uh, okay time for me until, you know, here comes, you know, COVID back for, uh, repeat engagement and uh you know now everything's crazy and and we're not working at night we're swamped again and uh i'm over it (laughs) we lost a couple dates with the launch and revolution radio basically you know took a hiatus but um you know we are the only (laughs) we're the only mgk house band to uh be reigning for two years Mainly because they couldn't have another contest. So, so the good news is if we get so these, you you're responsible for COVID. That's right. it. You wanted right. that second year. Yes, we we the launch launched it in a rocket and spread it over. You know, hit it in Stu's cape. A rocket ride. <laughs> right. 
Well, you know what's funny is um, thinking back, you know, we missed the March issue of the Kiss Room because we were just shut out and it was the day before. But then by the April edition, you know, one of the things everybody was really familiar with was the fact that everybody's getting their temperature checked. But I remember distinctly you saying that it took a pandemic to bring Steve Campagna back to the Kiss Room house band. Yeah. And oh, right wow. off the bat, That's right. I think, you, you know, it was time to shock the people. And you guys brought it. And the song that comes right to my mind that, in a way, defines that time of, of last year, Burning Up With Fever, mm. which I was so thrilled and just shot out of a cannon when I'm hearing this song, how you pulled it together, remote, at, the, at what would become the start of the pandemic. Mm. So for everybody out there, I think we're going to take you back in time. Go get your temperature checked. Put on your mask because you're burning up with fever here in the Kiss Room on Marco Radio where music and minds meet. Oh, yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four. Lovely.
Kiss Army, we are back. Of course, that's the Kiss Room house band. I'm talking to Fran Galanti, Jerry Lee Watkins, and Steve Campagna. That was one of the first songs when we were in the lockdown, the shutdown, the pandemic, corona craziness, burning up with fever. Guys, that was amazing. I mean, it really took me right back to kind of where we were you know, even a year ago. And, and I really, I, it was, I was amazed back then that you were able to pull that off remote. Me and too. maybe talk about, take the little, take our listeners on what was the thought process? How did you do it? If you want to get geeky with tech talk, a lot of our listeners understand flying files back and forth and all that and the other, and who, you know, go into that. Well, I, I, I have to say the one comment, this, the first set list was kind of, it was sort of um, jokey, but serious, if you know what I mean. Like we Dr. Love, um, Burning Up With Fever, Naked City. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the other two were. Um, Who Wants To Be Lonely. We Are One. And uh, We Are One yeah. was, the, was the first month, the five tunes. Um, so the set list was kind of in jest, but not in jest. I mean, that that's that's where I'll start. If Fran, you could kind of take right. over. You know, I, I remember I said to Fran, hey, do you want to like maybe try to do this remotely and not do it acoustic like we do online, but just kind of make it sound like the record, you know? Right. And, and definitely the early shows, my intros, you know, in, in the studio, I was always just, you know, animated and, you know, trying to be funny yeah and fran went from being the funniest guy in the kiss room to the to, to like you know <laughs> yeah so i i sounded you know very uh solemn you know i i, I listen back and be like man i sound like i'm ready to you know you know put a gun on my head or something but i, I think by month three matt i was like fran do me a favor drink a beer before you do your it yeah. <laughs> yeah that was one of the texts yeah so I'm drinking a beer now, if that Woo! counts. <laughs> Which is the one great thing about being remote is in the studio on campus, we're not allowed to drink. But boy, when we record remote, it's sky's the limit. There's The technology is incredible today. I've worked in studios since, you know, I started on giant 32 track reels and stuff like that. And hmm. and racks and racks, would, would it, would, the time it would take me, I... When, as an assistant, when you were done a session, you'd have to go in and mark every knob on the mixer where it was and every knob on every piece of rack here. And that's how you charted songs. You go back and when that artist came back in, you had to take out the chart, go back, set up all the knobs exactly the way they were, get the studio up. All that is gone now with today's technology. There's millions and millions of dollars worth of technology in these computers today. Uh, drum samples that would they would take hours and days to produce and thousands of dollars worth of microphones and outboard gear you you know it just just you can produce a record for so cheap now it's 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 ridiculous it's ridiculous technology is awesome and i'm so happy that we can we can take you know advantage of it in this situation if you think about it we're up to like a collection of 60 some tunes. That's like, that's six albums. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right? Just think of that in a, in a budget sense from a record company, what six albums would have cost to produce, not to mention that we produced it in under a year. Right. 
you know, we have the advantage of not having to write the songs and all, but, but still the technology <laughs> gives us a huge, huge leap forward, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny. A lot of the people that listen to the Kiss Room, I mean, certainly obviously we're still broadcasting on Monco Radio where Music and Minds meet and we have this great sound recording and music technology program and all these studios. But what you've really had to dive into, you know, so deep has been this remote recording. And I think my, my question on that would be, what are some tricks and tips or what was maybe the biggest challenge that you had to overcome and and the part b question is how did you manage to capture the kiss sound so close i mean that's a two-part big open question but to me that's been one of the things that i'm amazed every time is you've captured the kiss sound from different eras speak on that well uh first of all i'd like to say thankfully Jerry uh, Lee Watkins and Fran Galante knew of this technology because I was. It was all garbled, right? I was just. What? What do I do? Jerry Watkins is. <laughs> Speaking of technology, uh, but uh, Fran, you know, Fran contacted me like, "Hey, man, you want to get back in and and doing this and and doing what it was what we used to be and." You know, get the sound because um, uh, to kind of answer both questions in the same, um, I think that's what was so attractive about the the thought of the three of us doing it because we had that experience with Rock and Roll Over, the band from before, um, and doing Kiss Room stuff. I mean, even though I wasn't there in the for a couple of years, I wasn't in the studio for a couple of years. But, you know, we knew that we all had the capability to sound like, you know, Gene, he sounds like, uh, Fran sounds like Ace, and uh, Jerry can either sound like, if you ask me, he sounds more like Peter than Peter does. And, of course, his Paul Stanley is, is amazing, just the voice. I remember, I forget, I forget what song it was that we were working on, and, you know, I'm always the last one done with everything. Always the last one. <laughs> like, no, I gotta send this stuff on, to Fran. Really? <laughs> yeah, I gotta send this stuff to, to even on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, but like I said to Fran one day, Fran and I actually talked on the phone. We're like, "Well, we've been doing this thing online now for a year, and we haven't even talked to each other. Let's call each other on the phone." So we called and we <laughs> talked. And I said, "Look, I said I'm really not dragging my feet. I think I was working on Domino. I was working on Domino." And I was working so hard on getting Gene's pronunciations in his, you know, whatever down. And I just was working on it so hard that I kept doing it over and over and over and over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I've never really been a perfectionist like that when it comes to recording that kind of stuff. But something about this made me be that much more... Um, aware of what I was doing and and recording at the same time. And, you know, now to rewind back to the beginning a little bit, I had no idea how to do any of this stuff. I didn't know how to use all that. I, I didn't know how to use any of these programs. So I had to catch up. I, I mean, I had to, to get halfway to what these guys know how to do. That's the biggest challenge of this, Matt, is 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 the technical end of it. That's right. Steve That's right. is a, a superior talent and a wonderful musician. He obviously can perform you know (laughs) give matt an inside scoop because you know even i have to get replaced sometimes i still love you so you know steve 
you know, we got our chat going and, and Steve goes, Fran, you did such a great uh, yeah. job on and that he goes, solo. The solo was, and Jerry made some kind of comment. And then I'm like, I go to listen to it. I'm like, wait, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry texts me, goes, shh. Yeah. <laughs> Fran comes from a different time zone as a guitar player than I do. Um, I started before Fran in terms of my my guitar heroes weren't like Steve. If I need Bruce Kulick parts or anything past Ace Fraley, I'm very limited in the tapping right. and whammy bar kind of guitar playing. I'm more like a traditional Ace player, if you know what right. I mean. Whereas Fran has the technical ability that I don't, but that works both ways. I guess is what I'm trying to say is that you know early on we you know found out that you know if we're going to be doing like when we come in live, we would do five songs usually. And if we're going to keep it that pace, you know, every month, you know, we're going to have to get this, you know, down to science and, and keep on going. But that's what was nice about in the beginning, you know, we had everybody who we could get on and the We Are One video was great too, because we got everybody in it. And uh, so that was really special. You know yeah. what? That's a great segue. I would love to go into that because that was, again, very early. Like, that's, I think, the April issue of The Kiss Room. And not only was it the debut of that version of the song, but then you had the video. And I'm not even going to lie. At that point, I was so overwhelmed by this whole idea of being locked down and shut down that to see everybody's smiling faces in that video, singing and doing that song, and especially a song with that message, I was overwhelmed. And the first time that I watched the video, like I, I'm not going to lie, I was crying because I wanted to see all of you. I have missed everybody. And that's there were a, a month in at that point like a month or so in i'm already losing my marbles i mean this whole like virtual thing had really affected me and i wasn't used to it and and you know it was really a breath of fresh air to see everybody and especially with that song mm. and and i would love to play that right now because this i think is one of the highlights of the entire run of the kiss room i'll always think of this and in a way, it defines a lot of my feeling about the whole pandemic, that we are one, we have to stick together. The song means so much. Your performance means the world to me. This is We Are One by the Kiss Room House Band. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. Is inside of you. We are 
if you fantasize You feel it deep inside yourself And then you'll realize When you feel it coming When you hear the sound You always laugh when you wanna cry And you'll know it deep inside We are one Everywhere I go, everyone I see And I see my face looking back at me Army, we are back. Now, again, like I said before we went into that, that song moved me. The video moved me. I love that. (laughs) I mean, I can't even tell you enough. As I was writing my notes for that, that song defines this whole era for me. Mm. And the fact that it was everybody was in there. And and even just a lot of time, I look at it as even as an artist myself, your editing and your shooting is so good in that. Again, I can't thank you enough. What are your memories of making that? That's like a year ago now. Well, speaking of the video, I didn't cry when I watched it, but at the very end, I laughed when Jerry blew the flower. (laughs) Jerry blew a flower? Yes. (laughs) This is a family show. Where's Bobby Dre? Hey, now. (laughs) Hey, now. Uh, uh, Yeah, I was, I wanted everybody to kind of like, I wanted it to be like everyone was inside and then we all got outside and, and I wish I had a camera on my neighbor's while they were watching me like self film myself <laughs> outside lip syncing yeah. i had like a boom box on a chair outside yeah. <laughs> like 
my neighbors never see me anyway, but you know, to see me outside, you know, spinning around in a circle, blowing flowers. <laughs> I had my uh, daughter Mia Bella with me and we went up to the bike path up the street and we're like, Oh wait, somebody's coming, riding a bike. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. That was, that was, that was really, um, that got me through, um, a bit of stress that I had. Honestly, it was, it was very good to, to get everybody involved with that. And I thought it was, it was nice that everybody could appear in it or as many as people as we could. And, um, like I said, a lot of these projects have been great, um, distractions from the nonsense that was going on and, and really kept me focused and, um, it's crazy that sometimes it it comes back to s- simple things like kiss. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, like I, I, through a lot of this, my wife has heard and my son have heard more kiss songs than they ever heard in their life. <laughs> and my wife is amazed that that she can hear Shandy and War Machine and in the same breath. And and she never understood how diverse Kiss tried to say they weren't, but really were. You know, like they really did try to do a little bit of everything and and hit every every style and stuff. And right. I think that's a mark of a good band, not a bad band. And and it's a quality in, in, in musicians that it's often overlooked that if you decide to do something than, other than you've been branded as, that it's, you know, considered sacrilege. Not right. in my book. I love it. I'm a I'm a, you know, all seasons dude in that sense. Right. And the only time they really went totally you know, not off the track, but like totally different than everything else was the elder, you know? And again, I, it's a brilliant piece of music. You know, and I was going to say, I think like, as you mentioned the diversity in the songs, I think one of the things that I have often said is that anybody that wants to hear deep cuts from Kiss and isn't listening to the Kiss Room is a poser because <laughs> you guys go with the deep cuts. I mean, think about that. Cause then by the time you're moving into June, you know, you're doing, I still love you, which is something that they'll do, but Torpedo Girl, Hell or High Water, or Hell or Hallelujah, and Stand, you know, you're not going to hear Kiss doing Stand. I mean, it would be great if they would do it, but you're taking these songs that they overlook and bringing them to life. I'll tell you what, it made me a fan of Cadillac Dreams. I (laughs) did not like that song. Steve said I wanted to do it. I was like, really? (laughs) And then by the time I was done, you know, finishing it, I was like, man, this is a great song. Like, you know, I never got off on the like the big daddy ZZ Top gene, you know what I mean? But it, hmm. it, I don't know if it's our version that I like, but but it, it certainly grew on me and it, and it made me appreciate the song much more than I ever would have, you know. It made me appreciate, it still makes me appreciate everything. Just like when we were doing the band, one of the things that I said, and I think I said it in the Kiss Room before, the thrill of the whole project for me, part of the thrill is learning those things parts and learning those things that either gene played and on some tracks i've played some guitar stuff and some piano stuff and whatever and you listen to it and you're just kind of like they're really not just a absolutely and gene simmons is an incredible bass absolutely and now i can listen to any kiss song and say gene played that or he's a walker yeah right mm-hmm yeah. He's a root man. Yeah. He's he's exactly where you need him to be all the time. That's right. That's he's right. a great bass player. And, and I and I and it, it got me to conclude this that Peter Chris played drums the way he did because of Gene Simmons. That swing I, I, that, I, that I, way. 
I, I could comment I, on that since since now I have drummed. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Chris parts, Eric Park parts, Eric Singer parts, uh-huh. and Anton Fig parts. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and my comment on that is that uh, Peter, uh, you know, I am I am no defender of Peter Chris. He's not my favorite Kiss guy, uh-huh. but he had a unique human feel to his drumming that was very unique, not sloppy. People think it's sloppy. Um, I'm going to say comparative to Ringo Starr, but I know people are going to get upset at that. But Ringo had a very specific style, um, very much in the sense of Peter, where uh, he he's not always in the traditional drum beat or the traditional drum fills. A lot of his fills go past the measure, mm-hmm. where most people stick in the measure. Um, he he very much varied his kick drum pedal. Um, a lot of drummers got fired in the eighties because of that. Uh, like Danny, the drummer from Chicago was a loosey goosey player who pl- played, you know, more with his heart. He got, <laughs> you could say he got fired for the same reason at that time, you know, drum machines were coming into technology and drummers were being more accountable for their beats. And I could tell you from the production angle, it sounds like after they got rid of Peter Anton was the only drummer that could play like Peter, but precisely, if you understand what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Eric Carr, if if I'm correct, and I'd love to know the answer to this, I don't think he ever played a Kiss song through in a recording session ever. It sounds like the, to me that the producer said, okay, we're going to go with the verse. Let's play the verse beat. And they edited his parts together. Same, same with the, a lot of the later Kiss tunes. If it's if it's not drum machines or drum tracks, they're they're they sound like looped parts. Part A is just like part D is part B is part F. You know what I mean? Whereas Peter kind of varied into all into all those areas with that human type feel. I, I think from a production sense, they weren't ready to take any more chances with drummers who just felt like doing what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? Um, the production became more expensive back then and things had to get done at a faster rate. They had less money when they were making these albums with Eric Carr there, and, and so forth. There was no time for nonsense. And I, and I it just, it's just a comment. I, again, I don't know if that's true, but from, from what I hear from having to produce the parts again, it sounds like that, like, like, and maybe that's what Eric was this, you know, enchanted with as the drummer for Kiss. More, more. And they of the were process. going in a different direction. He was maybe a harder hitter. Peter's energy is what defines those early Kiss albums. I think right. there's a different, you, there's a unique way that he's playing the drums. That you know, people can say what they want about Peter Chris. It's it's the energy of those early Kiss albums. There's no I, doubt about it. I agree. There's there's a, a lot a lot of Peter in those songs, and um, a lot more than Paul and Gene will ever give him credit for. It's the magic of those early Kiss songs, and we can't go by this without playing Cadillac Dreams by the Kiss Room House Band Omako Radio, where music and minds meet.
Swiss Army, we are back, and I'm having the best time ever talking to the Kiss Room house band, Frank Galanti, Jerry Lee Walk, and Steve Campagna. We're going through the year that was COVID since uh, our, we're coming up on the anniversary of the one year of kind of being locked down, shut down, locked out, kicked out, whatever we had, but we had still a, a good time in the Kiss Room. The song that I want to bring up next takes us into the middle of the summer. We're in July, and I was absolutely blown away by the Kiss Room House Band version of one of my favorite Kiss songs, Detroit Rock City. And I'm going to take people back to the thing that blew me away was the custom intro. <laughs> it includes Bluebell. It includes Route 202. There's an Amazon truck. He talks about, the you know, on the news, we talk about the COVID. You know, then I hear my voice as if he's changed the channel. He's listening to the Kiss Room. All that custom stuff, I... Loved it, and I love it so much. And that version is is pretty regularly played in my playlist because I just was freaking out to have the intro of Detroit Rock City custom made for the Kiss Room. So all those elements, and then we get in the car and we're driving around, and of course you guys nail it. It was, but that intro. Anytime you add in little Kiss Room things, like I know at the end of like I Love It Loud, you know you'll go, uh, Kiss Room. Like you yeah, know, anytime Steve's there's little custom tags for the <laughs> Kiss Room. But I think to me this is one of the pinnacles. Like I said, one of my favorite Kiss songs, and you guys just nailed it. Talk on that. By far my favorite thing that's been recorded. By far, uh, leaps and bounds ahead of anything else that was done. And it was one of the one of the rare occasions, I guess maybe. That the three of us put our heads together and that idea came through with all three of us. Like, I think I wrote to you guys, you know what, Detroit Rock City, do like Detroit 2020 or something. Like, uh, make it about whatever, whatever, whatever. And Jerry said, that's a great idea. Fran, write a script. And Fran- Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's funny because just like the KISS, the KISS logo, where Ace, you know, made it and then Paul refined it. That's it. You know, it's like, I came up with an idea, but once Jerry got a hold of it, <laughs> he made it way better yeah, than no. what I, what I thought, you know? So I, when I first heard it, I couldn't believe what, like I was hearing, it was like, you have an idea. And then when you hear it come to, uh, come around, you know, that's, that's the magic of Jerry Lee Watkins right there. A hundred percent. I, I love the challenge of making it sound as much like the original version to, to make it personal at the same time was so much fun, you know, right. and there's, there's actually other references in my own life in there too. Friends of mine who aren't even connected to the kiss room that have to do with the Amazon vans, you know, like, so it was really just, it was just super fun and it came out spectacular. It really did. And, I think I, that's how I'm losing weight, Matt, by playing <laughs> the drums to that song. There you go. That is a killer. Like, and Creatures of the Night. A, the thing is, like, by July, we've been doing this for, you know, months and, and really getting better at what we're doing, you know, and it was fun doing all the, you know, different uh, harmonies of the lead. It, it was awesome. And I will say, by the time we got to the summer, was I my own kind of outlook now we knew we were in this for a while and and i had to really adapt to that but also the the weather's nice 
So I wasn't super bummed out by bad weather. But I mean, things like that. I mean, in, in a way, and you touched on it a little bit, Jerry, but one of the things that I'm amazed by is you're like following the footsteps of where KISS went to create that. Like, so, you know, what are some of those challenges or maybe what are some of the fun memories of like, how did, when you created that intro, you know, I think of, of you know, I've heard the story of how they recorded that originally by actually taking a portable tape recorder, walking out of the studio, going into the car, actually slamming a door that there is a certain car. Go through that process only because it fascinates me. Again, like like technology today, a lot of those sound effects are available. Um, I did, however, record the sound of the revving motor and the, the vehicle. I rented a Dodge Charger GT for a while. I did get my microphone collection out and I got a lot of sampling of, of the revving of the engine and the tire the squeals and stuff. Um, so that, that some of the stuff I choose to do are real. Like I still play real tambourines. I don't use tambourine samples and stuff like that. I still use real hand claps and I do a lot of things traditionally only because it's very easy and very simple and sounds good. Um, like on speeding back for my baby, I did use an actual DeLorean sample (laughs) of the car on that. Like I, I try to. And you like, you like, I try to incorporate all the little effects that happen. Like, uh, we did, um, what was the Savior Love? There's a match burn in there at, at right before the guitar solo. You just hear a match go, you know, he says, so long, right? And right before you hear a match, I got that match in there. Like, I, I tried, I really try to get every detail I can as close as possible. It's obviously not ever going to be as good as the original, but. I try to to do it, you know what I mean? And who doesn't know the intro to to Detroit Rock City in their head? I mean, like the timing, you just got to have the timing down for people just to give them a little mental cue and they'll do the rest themselves usually, you know. It's just a little mental tickery. And I and I love to bring it up to date with texting in the car and right. and you know, having Matt Porter on streaming <laughs> on the radio. Right? What do you, what do you say in that line? What line? COVID relief, new COVID relief Oh, I forget. You know, I was right. just going with yeah, riots. And then at the just, end, of, as it's fading out, I it just actually goes, do say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. That's right. what I'm doing. Blah, blah, blah. He's going, blah, 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 blah. I do. I, I, I didn't think anybody would notice the blah, blah, blah. So I actually yeah. almost, because I listened to it. I, I listened to it for the first time in my car. I was driving and I almost crashed. Well, it's so funny, right? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But like even like the guy humming the Kiss Room store oh, song, yeah. like, right, right before the like that, those little nuances. I mean, that's what that's what fans want, and they know which part of the guitar solo they want to hear and which part can be fudged. Right, right. You know what I mean? And right, right. So we 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 have some latitude to get away with some things, but you know we try to try to do the best. And yeah, the first yeah. time my mother heard it, she goes, "How can you run into the front of an Amazon truck <laughs> or something?" Right, <laughs> and, and that's actually- my private joke. I have a friend who's a truck driver, and that week he said because everybody was quarantined, he said all he saw on the highway were these blue pants <laughs> on his hands. He said he felt like he was in a Pac-Man game and they were coming after him. Oh, like, and they were just everywhere, like Italian scooters. Like Think about this. By the time we head into June, it will be 10 years. That'll be our 10th year of the Kiss Room. You know, because I started in 2012. So, you know, it, but really... 
As I said, and I'm gonna go into the song right now, this is one of the highlights of the Kiss Room. It's a custom-made version of Detroit Rock City that includes even me, and you're listening here in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. WSJF breaking news. After days of rioting and looting, yet another tragedy in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. A Montgomery County man was reportedly driving on the wrong side of Route 202 and struck the rear of an Amazon delivery truck and was catapulted through the windshield of his car. Identities of both men are being held by the police. County legislators today are preparing for new COVID testing centers to provide relief and roll out the weather. Right, Kiss Army, you wanted the best, and you got it. I am Matt Porter, and you are in the Kiss Room. Kiss Room house band, I think we're still waiting on a drummer. He should be here any minute, but we're going to do some cool uh, some cool songs here in the Kiss Room. Having the best time. I'm going to fade out all of our cheering. Having the best time ever, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the hour, i got to hit the reset. We're going to come back and talk some more. You're in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and mind meet.
Kiss Army, we are back here in the Kiss Room. That is the most amazing version of Detroit Rock City, and we were talking about it as we were listening to it. Even the fact that he's humming the Kiss Room theme at the start. Kiss Army that's listening, you know you like those kind of subtle things that make it all worthwhile, and you know you were going blah, 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 blah when that faded in the start, because that is brilliant. It's amazing, and everybody wishes that they had a version of that for their podcast but the Kiss Room's got it. So you guys are the best. Now, the one thing you said before we talk about, you said you talk about how um, there's piano parts, but there's no piano parts in Kiss. You yes. can tell that story. Yeah. Steve, you could start actually telling that story if you <laughs> like. Oh, my. Okay. There was a television show that VH1 did. Um, it was somewhere around the millennium, right? I forget what year. Who knows? Yeah, 99. 99, somewhere 99 something like that. And it was called Cover Wars. And what it was was a supposed to be a national television show of cover bands from across the country that came in live on a stage. They had three bands at a time, and you were supposed to play cover songs, either in a certain style that one of the judges would say, or you had to pick up where the other band left off in the middle of a of a song, um, or. You had to. What was the third thing you had to do? Style. I, I think you got it all, really. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't remember there being any, anything else. Yeah, uh, there was something else. They would just like re- re- say off the song, and you had to play it, like no matter what it was. So, anyway, let's. So let's just say that the national uh, cover wars people and show turned into the Philly band cover wars because all of the bands, except one, maybe. Yeah, one band from Boston. Uh, All the bands lost from all around the country, except all the Philly cover bands. So (laughs) on this one episode, the band that I was in at the the time was on, and the band that Jerry was in at the time was on as well. And here we are standing out there, and who comes walking out of the stage as the judges? Ladies and gentlemen, your judges. Your judges for today. Niall Rogers, right? Yes. Uh, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach. And, and Ace Fraley. <laughs> uh, Ace Fraley. Ace Fraley. Just come. Uh, I, on, my, on my alternate show was, was Cindy Lauper and yes. um, Edwin McCain. And a guy from Howard Stern's show, um, Ross something or other, who was a producer somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. And I had the Cindy Lauper. And uh, and one other one was the Bacon Brothers, Kevin and Michael Bacon. Yeah, they weren't on on our show. Yeah, and then Ace um, Fairley's right in front of me, telling me how bad I'm doing or how great I'm doing. Him and Sebastian Bach were just having a ball through the so, whole thing. They well, they were just having a blast. The elevator smelled like weed. <laughs> <laughs> that smelled like more than that, but anyway. So the show goes, show's <laughs> over. I guess my my band won, right? But anyway, um, that's besides the point. That's another story. Sorry, Sandy. Anyway, um, so so somebody says, "Oh, these guys are coming out to jam. Who wants to jam with them?" And the one dude from the one of the bands that was there had a Les Paul that looked like Ace's Les Paul. Yeah. So that's why they ended up playing with that band. It wasn't my band. It wasn't Jerry's band. It was their band, right? That was legendary drummer Steve Forrest's. Kiss Room House Band drummer Steve Force Band King Friday, right? right? Uh, 
Paul Schaefer on the on the piano. Paul Schaefer on the piano, right? Sebastian Bach singing, and out from behind the curtain comes Anton Fig. I guess he's just waiting for the party to start with Ace after the show's over or whatever. The party already started. It already started. <laughs> and my buddy Yosef, right, was playing bass, right? So I think they did two. They did like Wild Thing, yeah, and, and they did something else. And yeah. I'm standing there off the side, and I'm just looking at him like, dude, you gotta let me play your bass. You gotta let me play with these guys, right? So Sebastian says to Ace, "You want to do a Kiss song?" And Ace is just like, "Well, who's gonna play bass? Who's gonna play bass? Right, playing bass." And yeah, Ace was Ace was definitely off put by having to perform. Yeah, I think he just wanted to get up there and like rip on the guitar. But- yeah, yeah. And then he he says, uh, "Sebastian said, Box says to Ace, want to do Cold Gin?'" And then one of them looks at at the Yosef. Is that his name Yosef? Yosef. 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 Yeah. Whatever. So I'm standing Crazy. next to him. And I said to, uh, I said to him, I said, do you know Cold Gin? And he goes, no, I don't, but you do. And he takes the bass off and he hands it to me and I hear the angels. Oh. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to play Cold Gin with Ace Fairley and Anton Fick. Like who in the world and Sebastian Bach singing? Who in the I, world I, could, could, could top that, right? So, song starts. Ace with this toggle thing. Hold on, wait. This is where I come in. Oh, not not yet, because I didn't even know you were up there yet, right? So, now I hear... Yeah, that's true. We were a couple bars in, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all right, it's going to be awesome. And then I hear, like, the band come in. And I hear this, I hear... And I'm like... And I look over <laughs> to my left, and there's Jerry at the piano playing Cold Gin on the piano, right? And the second that I saw it, Ace saw it. You take over from there. I see what's going on, and I see Paul Schaefer is in a scuffle. He has no idea. Cold Gin, he, you know, he has no idea, right? So I sneak over to the piano, and I'm standing next to him, and he's like, trying to play and he looks at me goes do you know this song i said yeah he goes on the keyboard i said yeah 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 sure so i start playing the song on the keyboard and i see ace looking at me he keeps shooting these daggers at me like like <laughs> and then he gets to the solo right and he's i'll be honest he wasn't playing <laughs> Right, he didn't. So here I am playing it on the piano. Dung dung, dung dung, dung 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 dung. dung. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the end of the song, he rips off his guitar like in a huff, like, and gives it to somebody. It's not even his guitar, and he just takes it off and he goes over to the guy and he goes, "There's no piano in Kiss, right?" <laughs> like, he was so upset. I got. I mean, I was upset with him because he said he would never. He would never give out a 10 and he gave out a 10 to somebody on who didn't deserve it on that. So I was he was already <laughs> on my on my S list, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't think they were good days for Ace, if you know what I mean. I think he was still in his partying ways at that point. You know, I don't I, I don't I don't know how sober he was, you know what I mean? But uh the elevator did smell like weed. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I just to add a little at the end, I had no idea what was going on. I could have cared less. I could care less if Paul Schaefer was over there pounding the, the piano on the floor or he was doing whatever. I didn't know. All I know is I just played cold gin with Ace Fairley and Anton Fig. <laughs> I ran over to my band. And I'm like, I quit. <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else could ever top this. I'm sorry, I quit. And there, uh, there's, there were, you know, the fact that the piano was in the monitor in front of him. I, if it wasn't, but it was, you know, it wasn't a very sophisticated stage. No, you know? and they didn't have a, like a separate monitor mix for everybody. No, so he could hear it really, you know, as loud as I was playing it. But know? I was standing next to Ace, and I heard it. It was louder than everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm so glad you guys told that story because I love it. And I think it's also in just a cosmic way how it involves Kiss, how even there's Anton Fig, but the fact that you guys weren't in the same band and somehow cosmically you're there together and here we are together now. And I think it's incredible. And I love that story. Plus, I just like when you say there's no keyboards in Kiss. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I'm going to switch gears to, I think, one of the most important songs that you did in the year which was this song to me is mind-blowing because one thing I was going to talk about, now obviously you're all musicians, but to come up with an original song like One Last Kiss. And let me tell you, and as far as we've been talking a lot about the production and how you've worked things you know, with actual Kiss arrangements, this song I think should be involved in a Kiss documentary, in a movie. It is mind-blowing. The, the Bill of Coin intro sets it up in a way. And then the, the song, the lyrics, like they're, they're literally on this end of the road tour, which now screeches to a halt. We're all sitting thinking the same thing. Are we ever going to see live music again? By the time that song ends, and I'm thinking, Jerry, you probably did the production, but the Mike Douglas bit. We hear Dick Clark. We hear clips of Kiss. We hear those commercials. We hear Lydia Chris. There's J.J. Jackson. The there's Tupac. <laughs> By the time it got to the end, and again, I'm going through how maybe emotional I've been over this year. When Jr. says, you wanted the best, you got the best, I was a mess. And the fact that those lyrics, the lyrics that you came up with, and I want you to really speak on this. They summarize a life of being a KISS fan. And I know everybody listening to this, some people jumped on a week ago, some people have been with it since the start. The feeling that I got, I know was shared by so many people that you managed to encompass what the feeling of the end of the road. You know, like it really is, it defines to me, I think, what the end of the road feels like. Hats off to you. It's one of my most favorite things, again, that I've ever heard on the Kiss Room, ever had on the Kiss Room. It's a brilliant song that all Kiss fans should be hearing. Speak on that. First of all, I agree with you 100%. And, and that is what my intention was, right. was to make it, and it was Fran's intention as well, to make it sort of biopic, right? Um. Fran said to me, hey, since you did such a great job with the Oliver Kiss thing, because we just made that out of a thin air out of a couple of chords that Anthony gave to me on a cassette or something. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. It was 
I'm going to give a big shout out to my brother. He records a lot of this stuff. We laugh and laugh when he, when we did, and then as we'll pull back the curtain a little bit, but when the Oliver Kiss character, when he was making that up, and, and I'm going to kayfabe it a little bit, was that it was actually my brother doing Oliver Kiss. But we would talk and we would just laugh and laugh. And, and he built a whole backstory for Oliver Kiss that like the one day we were driving around and he just was talking in the character. And we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And it's the funniest thing. And it's really my favorite thing to do. But he just, he sent me that same thing, a short, wave file with a little bit of ideas right. that's what that i then got the guys managed to put into like bring life into it fran took that and he added like this uh very destroyer-esque kind of solo to it and and then handed it off to me and then i kind of worked his idea into to make a long story short fran said since you did such a good job on that i want to enter a song in the kiss room a demos project. We had no no really intention to make uh, his song like an, an outstanding piece, if you understand what I mean. Just like the intro to Detroit Rock City, you know, Jerry took my idea and, and made Fran, it. Fran sent me a, Fran sent me um, two verses and with his acoustic guitar. And I started to build a kind of an arrangement around his actual sample. And then I sent it back to him and I said, well, you know, what do you want to do with this? And he said, I want it to be sort of, he, he pointed out an extreme song. He said, I want it to be like the end of a film, something big, you know. You know and then we just kept, yeah, we just kept going back and forth with it. Um, I think I might've changed a couple of chords here and there and he added a, a, another verse and we changed a couple things around. We really, really did an excellent job of working together to produce that. Right. It was cool because, you know, all the other, or all the other songs are Kiss songs. And this was like, you know, a first collaboration on an original tune. And it just goes to prove how much be better things can be when you collaborate with somebody. Abs absolutely. I mean, we volleyed back and forth. And at one point I said to him, I think you got a really excellent excellent song here I and mean, this is this is a great song i really i mean outside of him being my friend i really thought this was a great song and it had great lyrics and and you know we just kept making suggestions back and forth until we got it and then at one point i said look i want to go all george you know martin on this song and he said all right go do whatever you want to do you know what i mean and so i Bought out my orchestra kit and, <laughs> and and I and I knew that I wanted to do some sort of um, you know something to mark the 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 lineage you know and and if you listen to a lot of those clips it's sort of in order it's an and it's a timeline and it's a lot of the important players in the Kiss timeline or, or the important spots in their career and of course Jr at the end you know. You know, again, this is these are things that that don't take genius to make. It just takes a Kiss fan. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you know you want to hear it, right? And right. and I'm sure the 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 really heavy Kiss fans could have picked out six thousand other clips to put in there. That was probably the hardest thing of all was to deciding how to mark that timeline. I think I used I got like forty clips, and it's it's really only eight or ten clips at the end, but uh. I um I consider it a great achievement and and Fran should too. It's a great song and I would I would love it to be in any any type of professional kiss, you know, 
presentation. I think it deserves that. I really do. Right. And I think, like I said, that, you know, it's like the, I said before when, you know, uh, me and you uh, had that interview and I said, you know, about 50,000 times, <laughs> but uh, I'm much better tonight. I, I think it's because I got a Miller Lite. <laughs> so there you go. anyway, um, yeah, like the Scooby-Doo movie was great because it had all these inside things. And, and except for the words rock and roll night, you know, I think a lot of the other things people might not pick up on. And I, and I think, like I said, if if. Yeah, it could transfer into a into a regular song as well, but right. it's it great a great regular song. That's you know, right? It but it's changed, even more special for Kiss song. Right. Fans. Yeah, just change rock and roll all night to something else and take out the dialogue, and you gotta. And that's the thing to me. Most songs that are universal, whether it's about you know a girl or whatever, you know you're singing it, and everybody can relate to it. That's that's the best song. I mean, people could really, you know, apply it to their own life. You know, if like, I mean, just the idea in a very kind of a somber way, one last kiss, you think of people that you've lost and how tough that can be and how a song can really save you. But to kiss fans, to have those specific references as they are doing the end of the road, the way you worked that into it, that was one of the fun things as we kind of mentioned in Detroit Rock City. The KISS fans, a lot of them that listen to the KISS room, they would message me and they would tell me, oh, I recognized every one of those bits and they want to tell you that they know which ones they are, which I love the fact that people were out there listening, you know, back then and were so tuning into every nuance in the song, the reference to the end of the road, the references to rock and roll night, and then those clips, it's a masterpiece. And I, and I know that word's used a lot, but it is going to, it blows me away every time. Kiss Army, if you haven't heard this, we're going to play it right now. And if you haven't shared it with 10 of your Kiss Room friends, you're going to do it right now because they all need to hear this song. One last kiss. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Well, I think for Kiss, we'll try to bring the, uh, the creation of Kiss, the fantasy, the superhero characters into a place where they'll stand on their own. It won't necessarily be Peter Chris or, or Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley or Ace Fraley, but they'll be characters on their own that could last forever, 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 forever.
Kiss Army, if that didn't move you, I don't know what's gonna. You're listening to the Kiss Room. You're here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. I'm with the amazing Kiss Room house band. I have Jerry Lee Watkins, Fran Galante, Steve Campagna. That song, it moves me to no end. I love it. I think all Kiss fans, it's Fran, you know, Jerry, amazing. For, for some reason, I can write a good ballad. But, you know, fast songs that don't come to me. I want to be Fran Halen, but I, <laughs> but I end up being Franny Manilow. 
<laughs> There's that kiss room light beer humor go. we know. It's kicking it. it. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I mean, obviously, hats off to you again. The, I think in a way, it's something that I really feel so happy about because the thing that has brought us all together has been kiss. The way I met you, friend, Ace Show. Hey, there, you know, you and Marcy, the two coolest people in the room, <laughs> and you're coming over to talk to me. And I, and now how many years ago is that even? And I was thinking of that the other day because I remember I was sitting at a table. There was a ton of people that I knew. I'm meeting a lot of new people. I remember Alex Richter was there, and, and now he's no longer with us. I always think of him in that time. But then And then we've all managed to meet. And, and it, it, that, that song means so much to me because in the same way like we are one, we have all been brought together somehow on this planet because of a shared love of KISS. And I think of so many people in my life that I wouldn't know otherwise, except for I've spent my entire life being a fan of KISS and the music and what I call the culture of KISS, which is you want to talk about it, you want to share it, you want to tell your friend that story of when you played keyboards and they said there's no <laughs> keyboards in KISS. It's all the greatest stuff. And that song just means so there, much. There's no me. smoking in a KISS room and there's no keyboards in KISS. <laughs> right, you can't smoke on campus. If but Ace now, only knew look, how many keyboards are in KISS. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so now, look, we've spent most of the, the show with me grilling you about certain songs, things like that. What I'd love to hear is go around and, and let's kind of mention what were some of the most fun songs you enjoyed during this last year creating. And then let's play them. Let's spin them as we're, as we're, we're in our second hour here in the Kiss Room. Fan band favorites. Do you tell me? I'll give you the floor. Let's go right around. I think one of my favorites is uh, Speeding Back to My Baby. Um, I don't remember what month it was, but, you know, we're on a roll. July. July. That's, that was a good month. <laughs> yeah, that July has, uh, it, it had Cadillac Dreams as well, which we started the show or we put it somewhere in the show. Right. But it was like, there's a ton of guitars on it. Be besides the rhythm guitar, you got the intro leads, you know, doubled down an octave and, uh, you know, and then the solo and at the end of the solo, it's still going. But here comes the riffs again. So there was a ton of guitars, but by that time, I was pretty good at, at getting everything down. So it it didn't take forever, you know. And then just uh, you know, some of the A songs are uh, a little high, but I just I think from doing it every month, I've been getting better and better. So like, let's go around. We're going to spin this right now. This is speeding by back to my baby. You're in the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. My baby And I 
Speeding back to my baby, Jerry, Steve, who wants to go next? I usually go for the more complex tunes. Like, um, since we already mentioned Detroit Rock City, uh, that would have been my favorite pick, but I, I see where it stands. But um, I'm going to go with Take Me. Um, I think it's a great time in the Kiss time. Um, they're just starting to get some money. You know, the the road is getting nice and fun and they're selling out the better crowds and the records are selling and groupies are there. It's just a great, great, you know, rock and roll album. I love the the uh, cover. Um, so I my choice was Take Me. I loved that song and I and I loved doing it. And, and real fast, on a, on a note for that song, that's another song that after I learned it, I was like, wow, this song really kicks just the riff in that song. It's, a, it's something that you like, you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you got to sit down and learn it, and then you play it, you're like, this is awesome, man. I, it's, <laughs> it's such a great, such an underrated song. And if I had an honorable mention, uh, it would be, uh, take me away together as one. It was such a fun, that is such a great song, a great arrangement. And it features Carmine, a piece who's one of my all time favorite drummers. It was just so much fun trying to reproduce that. And uh, 
I love that song. I've always loved that song. It's a great, great arrangement. Kiss Army, we're going to take you back to Kiss at the height of their powers. This is Take Me. You're listening to the Kiss Room on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. Love 
back. You're in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. Steve, we're around to you. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite one that I worked on um, is Spit. And uh, for many, many reasons. First of all, um, when I first got the album Revenge, and I I listened to the whole album, for whatever reason, that was the first song that really jumped out to me. And I think it was because you could really hear the fun in the song. It was it was reminiscent of back in the day. It was a long time since Paul and Gene sang a song together like that. Um, you know, like Shout It Out Loud and then um you know, even I, stuff like that. But you could just hear the fun in the song. And then when we went to go record it, um another one just it was just fun to record fun to learn fun to play and the guitar work that fran did in it was absolutely amazing um i still don't know oh, how, i still don't know i still don't know how he got the timing correct in that star spangled banner part everything leading up into the solo i i have no idea how he did that i know how i know that it did <laughs> Uh, but going back and just listening to, uh, you know, when this idea came up for doing this, and I and I went back and um, and listened to all the stuff that uh, that I did, you know, for my own songs that I sang on. Um, that was just the one that stuck out to me the most. But uh, I have another honorable mention that. Uh, was not mentioned before, and that's actually Rock Me Baby. Ooh, fantastic. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know what? And again, I think the thing that I've always said is, you know, you're never going to hear Kiss doing that. I, I don't think we'll ever hear Peter Chris do that. Unless he's the in Kiss his pajamas. The Kiss House Band goes deep, and that's the kind of stuff that, like, you got to be a hardcore fan to know that. And who's who? what's in that song? Uh, piano. That's that, a lot of piano. That's correct. <laughs> You know what? On that happy note, let's go to Steve's picks. You're here in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio where music and minds meet. I'm old and I'm not too clean, but I know what I like if you know what I mean. What the people say, well, Mr. Gage, you see, it don't bring spit to me.
Swiss Army, we are back. We've had the best time ever. I'm talking to Jerry Lee Watkins, Fran Galanti, and Steve Campagna, the Kiss Room house band. You know them, you love them. It's been a long year. It's been great to see your smiling faces here, even virtually. And we're probably about out of time, so I want to kind of go around, give everybody a chance, kind of reflect on the year, talk about, you know, how you're feeling, and, uh, you know, go, go, go right around. Yeah, it's been a really crazy year, and... um the one thing is like I think a lot of people can say this that they've ended up doing things they never would have done if not for COVID. You know, it's uh it's terrible, but you know, as far as me personally, like I said, I uh I had more time. You know, I had a job where, you know, I wasn't going to lose uh because of COVID and uh but I got to, you know, spend you know, I I never uh, did a live stream before, right? And so I did a couple uh, over the summer, I guess, and uh, that was fun and interesting, and uh, it got me prepared, you know, to play to no one. Even people were watching, obviously, but like playing in a room where the only person that was there Amazing. was Marcy, and uh, you know, we uh, band the launch played the Sellersville Theater. And we were supposed to uh, have limited seating, and then COVID restrictions changed, so we ended up just doing a live stream. It was like the day after Christmas, and it was really bizarre because there was no audience clapping after a song, you know. So you know, you had a big stage, you had lights, and it sounded great, but it's definitely you need the audience to feed off of, and that's what makes a live band so great. Other than that, you know, it's been a joy doing these songs with these guys. And, uh, you know, I, I'm anxious to get back together with everyone in the Kiss Room. And I think no matter what, even when Monco is open and we're back on the Kiss Room Live, that we should do at least one song a month or at least a couple months with Steve Campania. So we should continue this even when we don't have to. So, you know, it's it's not really a, a secret but you know if you go back and look at all the songs we've been doing you know there's a lot of elder songs and kiss alive songs in there so we've been just trying to do at least one song a month from those two albums and you know jerry did an awesome job recreating the kiss alive sound and uh that's been really fun and i was saying uh that we come a long way from a couple years ago, and I think it was the date that Kiss was supposed to play Monco, and we did a, 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 the, a live <laughs> yeah. set. And I, I had my, I had my little tiny Line Six uh, battery powered amp <laughs> with auxiliary input with crowd noise, and that was our live, you know, our live sound. So, and now, I mean, some of those songs sound just like the original. Awesome job. Yeah, it's a lot of yes. fun to produce that stuff. So. And um, I'm using a lot of, of realistic instruments. We're using Les Pauls and Marshalls, Pearl Drums. I modeled Jim Zagel's uh, Gibson Grabber bass. So we, we have I, – I have the like the same bass rig that Gene we use. I'm using all as as close to the to the real thing as I can get it to. I actually have a written stage production of The Elder finished and ready to go. All I would need is financing. 
I could produce it. I'm ready to go. And I've always wanted to do that on a grand scale. And I and someday I wish I could because I think it deserves to be on stage. No different than American Idiot or, or any of these other. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, you know, I'm going to be a right, you know, stage right. actor so we're, very we're, soon. So, we're you know, gearing up experience for, now. <laughs> for Elder on Broadway. Um, seriously. So right. I said, hey, why don't we at least maybe this is how we can do the Elder and not really do the Elder. We'll, we'll reproduce it. Rather than put on a stage play, right. which costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I can do it for 75 if anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> Got it all mapped out. <laughs> Steve, any last words? Yeah. <laughs> My last words are this. That um, <laughs> I um, want to say that, it, it, and like we said before, it's been very strange that the way I got reconnected to everyone like this is through a pandemic. And, um, but at the same time, in a roundabout way, it's just another example of Kiss getting me through everything, you know? And whether it's with the Kiss room and Fran and Jerry, um, to tell you the truth, and in those months that I wasn't playing or teaching or whatever, my only sanity was doing this. I'm serious. My only sanity was recording this stuff and working on these Kiss songs, you know, and I have friends that listen to to the Kiss room and listen to the songs and I randomly put them on Facebook and they're like, that's not you. You're you're singing to a karaoke track or something like that. And I'm like I'm like, no, that's that's us, man. That I'm serious. That is us. But um like I said, it's another example for so many people of uh you know kiss being the soundtrack to all of our lives that we always like to say and it just all furthers the fact that um you know that's why i'm a fan and continue to be a fan it's funny it's funny when this whole thing started like you said steve it, you know it helped us help keep us sane yeah. but but now that things are getting a little back to normal and we're getting busier yeah it's make, <laughs> it's making us insane <laughs> So I say thank God for this best of episode because it gives us a chance to reflect, catch up. <laughs> and Jerry, any final comments? <laughs> I think like Steve, it, it it came to me a couple times, especially like again doing like the We Are One video, which um, you know, I wasn't a real fan of the song prior to. I, I liked it, but it really took on a special meaning um during the COVID crisis there. And uh, again, it was nice that that um, we were able to do this, and it was a scary time, and still be active with our friends. Like I know, after like the first month or two, I sent them a text, and I was like, you know, do you guys want to continue to do this? This is fun. I mean, I'm really having a fun time doing this, and it's, you know, we're getting great results, and you know, across the board, it was just yeah, 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 you know, and. Uh, we like I said, we've gotten it kind of down to a system, and and uh, it I, I love it, and um, I'm happy to be doing it, and it's it's a lot of fun, and and I, I think if anything, we've amassed the largest cover collection of Kiss tunes done by one artist. I mean, that's that's something. At the end of the day, it's something. I that's mean, a right? claim there, Gene. I like that. It doesn't pay any bills or anything, but you know, it's. It, it's fun to listen to. And by the way, if anyone wants to listen to them, you can go uh, check it out. I'm sure Matt will post a link to the playlist, to our master playlist um, when the Kiss Room comes up this month. 
and check it out. There's over 60 tunes in there and growing by the month. And uh, we're, we're conquering all the errors of Kiss. We haven't left anything untouched um, except Carnival of Souls. We haven't really, um, which is another point. I, I think that's more of a bastard album to me than The Elder. Um, but we haven't touched anything from there. And I do like some tracks on there, but I, I know that some Kiss fans are, are kind of subjective over that record. I think more than, more than the elder. Maybe when I run out of Asons, <laughs> there I you do, go. Uh, I walk alone. Yeah. Well, look, guys, I have had the yeah. best time talking to you. It's been great to see your smiling faces and really reflect on this year of being, you know, somewhat together, somewhat apart, trying to keep ourselves from going crazy. And really just the fact that I know how much time it takes. I appreciate what everything that you guys do. I appreciate how much talent, combined you bring to this show so many fantastic moments so much fun here in the kiss room all i can say is thank you and thanks to everyone who joins us here every month here in the kiss room on monco radio where music and minds meet oh yeah you have been one hell of an audience tonight why don't you give yourselves a round of applause tell you something you know a lot of bands like to brag about their fans now naturally you better believe we brag about you but we want you to know something we want you to know we know that you are our fans but don't you ever forget we are your fans we love you Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. Any last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations? But I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'll be weird. <laughs>